Well, howdy, everybody, and welcome to a new episode of the Worldcraft Club, a podcast all about sharpening your world-building skills to create immersive settings that bring your audience back time and time again. And today we have a doozy for you. We are talking all about The Mandalorian, the hit Disney Plus show just finished out its second season. We're going to talk about how to world build a fallen empire and what that looks like for the poor suckers all over the ground that get left behind when the Jedi are done wrecking everything. So my name is James and I'll be your host today. And I am joined here by Marcus. How are you doing, Marcus? I am doing well. Uh, don't know when this episode will come up, so probably Mandalorian would <laughs> probably be already in people's uh, rear view, but still love to talk about it right now. Yeah, well, I, I, I think we got this one actually due out in like late May is probably where this one will come in. Oh. So the prior episode would be the uh, would be the what what's the deal with the Jedi episode that me and Seth gotcha. did the other day. So like that's that's likely how this one will come mm-hmm. out. Uh, so it, it's that's uh, how podcast it'll basically goes. be Star Wars month. <laughs> Star Wars month essentially is what we're getting. <laughs> awesome, but yeah, yeah. So look, let, let let's dive into this, Marcus. For the uninitiated, for the people that have been living under a rock, for the people that just don't really care much for Star Wars and were not aware, what's the Mandalorian? Mm-hmm. What's it all about? Give us a give us an give us an overview. In in especially for the uninitiated, it is in basically. In a nutshell, it's a, a science shell. <laughs> a Beskar shell. In a Beskar helmet, it is a science fiction. Some may say science science fantasy, but it's the Mandalorian itself is more akin and does a lot of ode to the old westerns, uh, surprisingly. It and it is is a very refra- yes. The, it is all about that yeah. lone bounty hunter coming into the town and dispensing justice just yeah dispensing street justice or just getting needing to get something done of his own accord and then okay i guess well i'll have to help these poor citizens (laughs) you know uh in agreement usually reluctantly yeah usually yeah Yeah. the the mandalorian the nameless mandalorian which we just is called mando in the show uh, he does have a yeah, real name, yeah. but he's a Mandalorian now. He let go of that name, so I'm going to keep to that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very reminiscent of Clint Eastward's Man With No Name, which also yeah. still goes back to that Western. So if you do like Westerns, I would try this out, even if you're not a fan of Star Wars, if yeah. you're not a fan of sci-fi, because there's a lot of motifs out of there, and they're apparent. <laughs> you feel it. It feels like a nice Western. It's a refresh, like I said before, it is a refreshing take on Star Wars, and a lot more boots to the ground, less magical wizards, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I love it. I love it, because, like, it's it's like, or at least I love this element of it, so I, I am renowned for being online something of a critic of the mandalorian like it's oh, yeah? it's I, I give it like six out of ten i give it six out of ten generally like it's okay. it's been it's been pretty good it's been pretty good but that's mostly because like um frankly disney and marvel fail to take risks during anything like they mm-hmm. just will not take make interesting choices they just repel them it's like anytime there's like an opportunity to kind of go somewhere with something they kind of just go the other way you, you'll hear all about this position in the WandaVision episode where it's kind of like, 
you know, I, I, I have, I have a frustration with, uh, with really Disney star Wars and, and a lot of their other properties. All that said, like, I really like the, the very earthy tones that this thing sets because it's not, you're right. These aren't the special people, right? Like these aren't the Lukes and the Leia's and the Han Solo's, the stars of prior movies. They're not wielding lightsabers. They're not, they are not doing things that involve really the beginning and end of the universe. Like the quest is an important one and you can tell like it has importance and it has value, but the people that we're encountering were not the movers and shakers. They're mostly soldiers and bounty hunters. And, you know, it's, it's kind of, less important people with the exception of a, of Ahsoka later on in, in season two, but mm-hmm. it's like, we're, we're on the fringes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really where a lot of this takes place. We are in the star Wars badlands. Yeah. And it's these ordinary people that kind of, this served as like the inspiration for this episode in part with the title, what has the emperor ever done for us? Like it's, um, mm-hmm. It's 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 a hearkening to uh to an old Monty Python sketch uh from the life of Brian where these these insurrectionists in uh in in Jerusalem in in uh when Rome was running the show are talking about how they're going to overthrow the Roman Empire and one of them goes well what have the Romans ever done for us and someone <laughs> raises a hand and goes well there's the aqueduct and he goes well <laughs> yeah the aqueduct and the guy goes there's also public health medicine it's like yes all right well besides the aqueduct and public health and oh and they do know how to keep the streets in order oh sure do yeah streets have never been safer at night it's like oh and then there's the roads well all right then despite the roads aqueduct public medicine and public safety what have the romans ever done for us and they're like yeah and it's like (laughs) this is how i feel like most of the star wars universe is like about the empire we think they're big evil bad guys and and to be clear they are they blew up alderaan like there's no Mm -hmm. excuse like they blew up a whole planet and they dissolved the senate but for the vast majority of people they probably didn't even really notice that the empire was like happening except that the empire brought relative peace and order to large Mm -hmm. portions of it the guy who's selling pomegranates on tatooine is didn't notice you know what i mean like this change except you know maybe the presence of imperial troops but to be fair the uniforms only changed a little bit between the republic and the empire what do they know or the people are convinced that the empire was in the right oh they blew up alderaan well it was full of terrorists anyway good thing the empire is keeping peace and i can sell my pomegranates yeah (laughs) you know (laughs) and and that's the thing is most people just like order like, that's the thing is most people mm-hmm. are kind of happy with a little bit of evil, provided that they their, their days kind of wind up the same. Like, and what the Mandalorian shows is that on the fringes of the galaxy, the death of the Empire really brought about kind of a lot of upheaval. Yeah. And not everything kind of shook out the way that you might have wanted, you know, like the rebellion... Mm-hmm. Um, now the Republic, uh, functionally, is not really present everywhere out there. Like the yeah. huts are kind of running the show in some corners now. They own entire sectors of the galaxy. Yeah, and it's with, kind of like an odd. Yeah, yeah. With the like you Don't said, the removal it. of of the Empire, it made a power vacuum in some. Some towns were kind of cut off and were independent, and you know the marshal runs them. Others, like you said, uh, crime bosses took over, you know, where the Empire Mm. soldiers, you know, left 
because uh, they were you know called yeah. back because the empire died uh yeah and you you get to see that you get to see kind of like oh you know when luke one and the second death star blows up and the em- the emperor you know dies and is presumed dead everybody knows oh the, the emperor died now <laughs> threw him down a really deep hole yeah <laughs> like it was then, really low down <laughs> and the empire isn't completely gone the empire is still operating a bit at lower capacity but there are still loyalists there are still empire supporters even after all the atrocities surely not marcus surely (laughs) not (laughs) no i i like i think it was in season two you got to see like really point blank um i think season two i think one of the later episodes they have to basically board this um, uh imperial ship to get this i think scientist uh and one of the imperial pilots you know holds the scientist at gunpoint yeah. you know to, to you know uh keep the heroes at bay part of the people that are part of the rebellion now and he basically i'm going to paraphrase because i can't remember exactly what he says but he basically is like uh the empire is what is required to end terrorism or to end terrorists like you. Mm. And he was a true believer, you know, and he is not the only nor last one, you know? Yeah. Granted. There's that, uh, no, go ahead. I was going to say there's that officer as well in the Bill Burr episode that, um, has that delightful Southern accent. Who's talking about the, you know, the needfulness of the empire. Yeah, no, sorry. you, You carry on. No, 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 let's go there, because that that's like the other bit, yeah. because Bill Burr's character, uh, Mayfield, I believe, uh, used mm. to be Imperial. He used to be an Imperial soldier. And come that one imp. episode, oh, I forget what the episode's called, I think it was Belief? I could be totally wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. But that was a magical episode, especially for, you know, seeing the Empire on the other side, because uh mando and mayfield have to go undercover as imperial soldiers and drive this convoy of of this highly volatile extremely volatile material (laughs) yeah donium or something yeah yeah it is unobtainium (laughs) basically it's their own yeah But yeah, they use this fuel for to to fuel like bombs and their their other super weapons. Uh, yeah, and as they're they're trying to get to base, they get attacked by the locals in that planet, and they have yeah. to fend off the locals because they're undercover and they're trying to get to the base so they can you know work their operate little sneaky operation, and yeah. by the time that they're trying to wave after wave of wave of these kind of tribal-esque locals that are trying to blow up the convoy they finally get mm. within reach of the base and here come the tie fighters to save the day you know and yeah. you know the line of stormtroopers comes in yeah line of stormtroopers come in and start shooting all the are the tribal locals the natives that are that are attacking and they manage to you know, drive across the drawbridge and get into 
the hangar safely. And once they are there, you get this kind of surreal moment of all the other stormtroopers and Imperial soldiers as Mando and Mayfield come out, they cheer them because they made it, yeah, you know? Yeah. And yeah. it's like, it's like ju- ju- juxtapositioned with like, like Han Solo and Luke coming back into the X-Wing hangars after blowing up yes. the Death Star. In the bi- in- yeah. In a new hope. Yeah. yeah. And oh my gosh, that that's dead on though. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's just kind of, so we, we did an episode a while back where we were talking about uh, cannon fodder, essentially mm-hmm. like how, like we developed this level of comfort with killing folks who are masked. Right. Yes. And like, and that's part of the reason why the stormtroopers are there. Like we, we even talked about, um, so Lily Aldrin from um, uh, what is it? How I Met Your Mother was shocked to find out that like the Death Star was manned by by people. And oh, she was yeah. like, I thought the stormtroopers were robots because she never saw their faces, and she was like, they were people. And Marshall's like, they called it the Death Star. I think they knew what they were getting into. Yeah. But the point is, like, <laughs> you know, each of these people have like a family, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like it, it's you you don't know. They've got folks at home. There's a reason they might have joined it. Um, Maybe it was, uh, maybe it was just the benefits. You know what I mean? Maybe it was one of those things where you get a free college education. Who knows what they're putting their time in for? They probably didn't get to choose their assignment. Like mm-hmm. these are just people, and like there's something I think about recognizing that there are a lot of different shades within the empire, and we see a little bit of that underbelly again because this deals with ordinary folks. We're not talking about mass tactical decision making we're not talking about empire versus rebellion we're talking about little pockets of people trying to get by trying to get things done and they're, they they have their own objectives their own mindsets and 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 that kind of grants them a bit of humanity they're not just a big faceless empire these are these mm-hmm. are the ones that are left these are the these are the believers oh, yeah. and here they are stoked that the heroes have come back they survived the trip they didn't get blown up like the other ones and and finally we can put the empire back on the map you know like that's so weird to see you're so right on the timeline they're they're the 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 truest believers of the true believers because mayfield reveals that this (laughs) takes place like mandalorian takes place after the original trilogy of the star wars um and Mayfield uh, reveals that it also takes place after this Operation Cinder. And if anybody who's played Battlefield yeah. 2 uh, got to live out Operation Cinder, which in a nutshell, basically, after the emp- Emperor died, there was this kind of automatic message uh, orders that go out uh, after his death which was Operation Cinder. And Operation Cinder was basically the orbital bombardment of all the Imperial cities to punish them for not uh, preventing the Emperor's death. And that basically the, emp- the, emp- the, the Empire failed the Emperor and only the militant yep. and most loyal got to live. Now, this this is the thing, though. This is the thing. Like, I mean, this this kind of makes sense in that, like, we know now that he was going to get cloned, 
right? Like, sorry, everybody. Just going to ruin the most recent Star Wars movie for you. It's been like months, dude. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, so the Emperor is cloning himself. So we know that now. But one of the things that kind of like drives me nuts, because I guess he was kind of gathering them all to Exegol to pilot his million ship fleet that he made underground for some reason and was birthing all the ships under there too like actually like had them in big facilities like what planet are you gonna get where you're gonna be like we're gonna build these ships but we're not gonna push them out into space we're just gonna keep them all on ground so they have to make a shed load of just platforms and factories it's absurd (laughs) anyway it's just one of those things of scale in star wars that's nuts but like that is such farnsworth energy as well as futurama farnsworth energy if they kill me i'm gonna kill them all back and it's just like oh yeah why oh yeah why like it's one of those just weirdly evil things that like sith do in star wars that just makes no Mm -hmm. sense to me at least let everyone know bt dubs everybody if i die i've got lasers pointed at all of you like i want like that mm-hmm. seems like something you tell people before you get killed not after you know because like it's you guys don't seem loyal mm-hmm. enough that's why i've positioned all these satellites up here to burn this planet to the ground if you if if i get killed so y'all had better pull out mm-hmm. all the stops if i feel like i'm under oh, yeah. threat you know that'd be what i would do <laughs> if i was an evil empire sith man i was like these guys <laughs> might throw me into a big hole on my space station and if they do that that might be what you do unless you were really really jealous and you had to know that your empire would would prevent your death even if there wasn't earth shattering lasers pointed at them (laughs) just in case like his apprentice kills him he's like you know what you get darth cinders (laughs) it's like that's what you get that's what you burn everything nice one fader idiot i burned it all yeah but But that's why that's why mayfield yeah mayfield survived that tragedy and he that's why he's no longer longer imperial he went independent he left the empire so you have to imagine after all of that the followers that are still working for the empire yeah and These we talked in an earlier oil. episode. Yeah, we talked in another episode when we were talking about war, what is needed for war. And one important part mm. of that is hearts and minds. Yeah. And yeah. basically all that's left of the Empire after this is the most twisted and convinced and warped troopers out there yes they are we get like magical moments like you know the troopers stormtroopers um cheering when mando and mainfield you know get rescued we get the magical moment in in the season two those two uh uh speed bike riders uh kind of just talking amongst themselves about their position and you know what the higher-ups are going to do end up doing uh to mando and everything uh and and then and then <laughs> and complaining why their pistols are always off <laughs> their blaster pistols are always inaccurate <laughs> but yeah, yeah 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 that's that's a good one stormtroopers but, are renowned for their inaccuracy oh yeah but it gives us a a chance to view what little humanity is left because then we always are reminded no these guys condone all these war crimes and and evil acts of villainy so 
willingly without batting an eye Mm. for the most of them. And I think one thing that often gets forgotten is for the majority of people, there was not really a difference between the Galactic Empire and the Galactic Republic, right? So like um, in A New Hope, the the kind of first of the old trilogy of Star Wars, the original old trilogy, the doubly mm-hmm. old trilogy now, um, <laughs> they had just dissolved the Senate. They had just then dissolved the Senate, right? So up mm-hmm. until that point, the Senate was going strong. It was present. And the, the point was the Senate was giving the empire, emperor apparently enough pushback that he felt the need to dissolve it. Like, understand, like, the Clone Wars are still within living memory. Like, people will remember that, like, there was this war and that there were these separatists. But the Republic won. And the Jedi stabbed them in the back, but the Republic prevailed even against them and their magical abilities. And now the Republic is stronger than ever. They've built out a larger military force. They've respect everything. They are expanding their borders. They are the making the, the area safe. Either or, right? So like the, the Empire never really became the Empire. The Chancellor just claimed authority legally through their system the empire the emperor is legally sanctioned by the republic system he didn't just go and like decide it like the law was written as such that he could claim command and he did that as a result of uh as a result of the clone wars right so like the emperor basically just went hey i'm just enacting this thing because i need emergency powers it's actually jar jar binks who suggested it Mm -hmm. in the senate he said, I vote we give emergency power to the chancellor. And the chancellor was like, oh, me, never. That's not a good idea. And everyone was like, Palpatine, Palpatine. <laughs> and then he just kind of took took the power. He was given it, right? Like he mm-hmm. was given that authority. So chances are there were a lot of people who honestly just don't really know the difference between a galactic republic and the galactic empire per se, right? right? Yeah. So like, what what do they know? on the ground and it's like you know that the folks who work for the galactic republic may well have memories of their families being rescued in the clone wars and may just go yeah my dad like you know the 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 whole planet was under attack and my dad barely survived if it wasn't for the bravery of the republic now imperial soldiery you know like and and so i was proud to join i was proud to join Mm. you know may well be the mentality or my, my area was in my, my planet and sector was in total turmoil until the empire turned up and, and brought order to the place with their star destroyers. You know, like it's entirely possible that somebody could see it that way. And with the empire collapsing and them looking at a bunch of these border worlds, entire sectors taken over by the huts, um, a whole bunch of places effectively given over to the badlands of the sector. Like I can completely understand somebody turning around and just kind of going like, Man, I kind of miss the empire. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I kind of miss those days. Like, at least yeah. I knew what I was getting every day. You know. Yeah. Or Tepid even like evil, <laughs> probably crime-ridden places. The empire rolls in. Yeah, we don't have any crime, and our protection money has turned into taxes. But hey, now the streets are safe. You know. Yeah. And yeah you know, people that used to bother us don't because now we're an imperial city and we're happy to give back to the empire. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I there was just like it, it, the Empire wasn't all just like evil schemes. Really, there was a whole logistical part of the Empire. And to and, and yeah. now take that away, not many people not everybody not everybody rejoiced when the Death Star blew up. Yeah. Well, even though like apparently all of Coruscant was like stoked, which makes no sense to me. I was kinda <laughs> like they're just like, yeah the emperor is dead and it's like everyone's just like happy they were just like waiting for this to happen like it's always it's one of those really odd things that i think the mandalorian is really neat for exploring some of this like i say i wish disney would be a little braver with it i wish Mm -hmm. they would like kind of emphasize this a little bit more because we're talking about episodes where they kind of hint at it and there's like kind of moments and we're kind of plucking those out i really want to see somebody who is really just pissed off that the empire is gone <laughs> like you know what i mean like yeah. how does he somebody who's like kind of annoyed about it because like i think a lot of people like would be they'd be like why'd you have to go and meddle my family was safe they're not anymore you know what i mean we had to move off world when the huts took over our, our industry because like a lot of industries only grow like if you know that your factory is going to be there tomorrow you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the Empire may have taxed the crap out of you, but at least you knew the ground was not going to be a crater the next day, for the most yeah. part, unless you were on Alderaan. And it's like, hey, you know, whatever. But um, yeah, and this is also, just to be clear, not an argument that the Empire was like good necessarily, but the question is, is, is was it good for some? And I believe it was good functionally for some. And that's the mm-hmm. challenge, right? So they did so, what the uh, Portuguese did to uh, Brazil. If I'm, if I get, if I get my history correct, that uh, mm. you know, other countries tried to take over Brazil through force, and Brazil fought back. Portuguese, Portugal uh, came bearing gifts and got along, and then it's like, okay, we're gonna take our gifts and leave. And Brazil's like, no, don't. This stuff is cool. Yeah, and we like the stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then just let the Portuguese kind of rule them that way. So I I think there's a lot that we can gain out of this as we kind of wind this episode down a bit. Like, Mm -hmm. what are the nuggets that we can draw out of the Mandalorian for, I guess, creating a good like a skillfully created evil empire like what and Mm -hmm. and 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 its collapse what could we gain from this what do we learn well there's it's very interesting kind of looking behind the scenes and seeing how each domino piece causes the next to fall over and how interconnected because the empire's influence was so great once you remove that now now how do people react some people rejoice some people rejoice for different reasons some people Hmm. um dig their heels in and become more loyal and run harder and mm. there will be power vacuums. There are people that'll be opportunistic, yeah. neutral people that'll just be opportunistic for it. Some people, nothing, nothing changes out there, yeah. out in the outskirts. And some, yeah, 
And some folks could just be pragmatists, right? Like they could, they could pretty literally be like, this was, you know, good for me. It's kind of like, uh, the, uh, the whole situation of being like, you know, maybe the empire did some terrible things, but they had to make a lot of decisions and they were under a lot of pressure. There was a lot going on at the time. And, and, you know, they made some choices that I didn't like, but, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I can make my peace with them. You know, like there's a possibility as well. There's going to be a lot of shades within there. And I love what you highlighted there, but there are going to be some folks who are just heartbroken. The empire's gone. There are going to be other folks who are, you know, um, ambivalent about it. I I think, I I think a surprising number of people we would find didn't really care that much. They may have had slightly negative feelings, but mostly were just kind of like, well, guess it's over you know like yeah. it's like there you go you know bad thing ended poorly i, I think I, I think also you're right a lot of people would not necessarily know the difference so this may not serve every narrative right like the, right. the mandalorian is a particularly interesting case because it deals with life at the fringes of star wars it's not about the lightsaber wielding jedi and the forceful commanders and generals and leaders of the free free galaxy it's about ordinary people living in the margins of space and i think that's why they're afforded this you find that like the people least interested in politics tend to have mostly vague feelings about one side or another they're not like oh i hate those guys or oh i love those guys they're kind of like eh i don't like them you know they're not that great (laughs) like you know what i mean but i can i can live with them you kind of thing but it's like we're we we're seeing the news junkies of of the world and then in the mandalorian we see the people who just kind of live on main street and get whipped back and forth by these changes. You know, it's kind of a fascinating thing to see. And I think it's worth considering for any world that you're making. So any, any particular closing thoughts here, Marcus, or like grand ideas or anything else you can, you can draw out of this, or is this about it for us? I don't know. We've, we, I believe we've touched on every corner of what has the empire done for us. If you haven't seen the Mandalorian yet, give it a chance. You'll probably be uh, plenty surprised I was. And yeah, and sometimes it's interesting seeing the other side of your supposed evil empire for either being serious or being slapstick. Yeah, and Star Wars, and Star Wars is a property that has the maturity, like the length of time and the pedigree to be able to do that, which is yeah. super neat. So with that, we'll bring it to a close. And uh, thank you very much for listening to another episode of the World Craft Club. Please go ahead and jump on any place you can find podcasts and subscribe. We'd love for you to do that and come and find us. Also, you'll notice in the description that there is a link to our Discord server, which we'd be super happy to see you on, as well as our Facebook group if you want to join us there, or Facebook page, indeed, if you just want to follow us and keep abreast of everything we're up to. We're also present on Instagram and are lightly active on Twitter, but most important, we have patreon so if you'd like to support the work that we're doing exploring world building and looking to create resources to help people get better at it please go ahead and find us on patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash worldcraft club all one word at the end there so go ahead and find us thank you so much bye thank you for joining worldcraft club podcast Please go ahead and like us, subscribe to us on your preferred app. And if you use iTunes, rate us five stars if you think we're worth the rating. It really helps our numbers. 
If you're listening here, you're missing out on half the content along with loads of other goodies. So please consider becoming an exclusive club member at our Patreon page, starting at as low as $5 a month. If you have any questions, you can go ahead and jump on our webpage, worldcraftclub.com, to get the latest updates on our blog. We're also available on Twitter and Instagram. This has been the Worldcraft Club podcast. Thank you for listening.